Okay, we'll get ready to go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff. This is a special edition of Real Crime Stories. These stories are told by the real detectives that actually work these cases. At first, these cases will go to our, uh, this show will go to our Patreon customers, and it will go out on Anchor, YouTube, and Facebook. And today, we're doing a case, uh, it was actually a high-profile case of a woman named Linda Stein. Uh, and she was known as the realtor to the stars. But rather than have me tell this story, I have the detective that actually was the Manhattan North Homicide case detective for this case. And he's detective first grade, Kevin Wallow. Let me introduce Kevin. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, Billy, how you doing, bud? Pretty good, man. I'm, you know, I'm glad you look. Look, we were wearing the same shirt, yeah. you know? <laughs> I guess it shows that we work together, you know? Yeah, unscripted. <laughs> um, hey, so it was uh, good to be here. Uh, yeah, that's a, that was a crazy case. And I uh, just uh, started off, the homicide detective from the homicide squad was actually Tony Rivera. I just happened to, uh, I just happened to be working with Tony that day. And we just wound up working it for the next two weeks without really taking a break. Uh, obviously, a lot of help from a lot of people in this case. Sure. Um, and let, me, let me start from the beginning. Uh, it was uh, the day before Halloween, 2007. It was at uh, October 30th. Uh, we were doing a 401. It was uh, a crazy night. Uh, we already were investigating five separate shootings that happened in Manhattan North. So we were actually, around 2 o'clock in the morning, we got notified of uh, potential, uh, potential uh, suspicious DOA in the 19th precinct. And if anything that happens in the 19th precinct, you, you stub your toe, you, you cut your finger, it, you know, it, it's, it's, an all out, uh, it's an all out affair. Well, Kevin, um, just, so, just so our audience knows the geographic area of the 19th precinct, it's one of the wealthiest uh, neighborhoods in the, in the world. And yeah, it stretches yeah. from 59th Street uh, to 96th Street, from yep. Fifth Avenue all the way to the river. So it's some of the most expensive real estate in the world. So what Kevin's referring to is whenever anything happens in that neighborhood, it's a press case. And because it's the press, well, there's a, that old expression, uh, when the press sneezes, the police department gets pneumonia, right? Because we, <laughs> we, we react to everything the press does, right? Uh, well, not the detectives, but the big bosses do. <laughs> Right, right, of course. So, because they react to it, you react yeah, to it. Exactly. Um, so, again, it was a crazy night. Uh, uh, we, we were running crazy. There was, I think, uh, three or four of us working out of the, uh, out of the homicide squad that night. Um, we wind up uh, getting called down to the apartment uh, on Fifth Avenue. Uh, and it was, probably, it was after 2, 2, 2 a.m., and... Uh, we go upstairs and crime scene's already there and crime scene doesn't really want us to go in. You know, I'm being, uh, I'm being tasked with, uh, interviewing the, uh, the daughter of, uh, Miss Stein. Uh, was this, the, was this the penthouse apartment? This is the penthouse department. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, but I wanted to get a layout of the, uh, I wanted to get the layout of, of the, uh, the apartment and, yeah, I was stopped from going in by crime scene because they were in the middle of the, they were in the middle of uh, processing the, photographs, yeah. processing, 
and there was a lot to process. Um, so we started interviewing. Uh, I, her name is Mandy Stein. It's the uh, eldest daughter of Linda. She mm -hmm. actually came home and found her mother dead, uh, lying on the floor, uh, dressed in a dressed in a hoodie, uh, like she was going out. So Tony, uh, Tony, I. Uh, well, actually, I interviewed uh, Mandy. Mandy gave, gave us the breakdown where she was, what time she came back. Uh, Tony was interviewing the um, the, uh, the super of the building, uh, and we come to realize at that point uh, there was a, uh, significant surveillance video uh, all throughout the building. It had to be at least ten cameras, uh, almost every angle is covered for that building. So it was like, well, this is great. And it worked. That's the, that's the other thing. All the video worked and it was recording. So that was, was uh, it, was it obvious at this point that you had a homicide? No, it was not. Uh, but it was suspicious because uh, she was bleeding from the head. And there was, there was some discussion. She tripped and fell. Maybe this, uh, you know, it's like, listen, we're not making, we can't call that at the scene. Uh, we, but the, one thing was obvious. She had a hole in the top of uh, the top of uh, the hoodie. Uh, so she didn't trip and fall and put a hole in the top of a hoodie. Right. Where, 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 so listen, just wait a few hours. Let the ME do, do what they do. Uh, and so the first couple hours was just talking to uh, was just talking to the the daughter Mandy. I come to find out there's another daughter that lives uh, not far away. Uh, uh, Samantha and so we try and track her down and it's just basically interviews of the, of the staff of the building and the daughters Kevin let me, uh, let me stop you for one second Yeah. does the elevator in that building open into Miss Stein's apartment yes it opens both ways it opens so both you would ways need, you would need a key to get up you would, need a, you would need a key and it's also a manned elevator and that's a whole nother story in itself. <laughs> okay. No, I, I just wanted to give our listeners yeah. an idea of what we're talking about here. Yeah. You it's know. it's a, basically for her, it's a private elevator. And it's it's manned by the, uh, by an elevator man. Uh, uh, the doorman. The doorman. Yeah. yeah. And the doorman. And it does open into her apartment. And it also opens uh, to a common hallway that... Uh, so processing's uh, the processing's happening with crime scene. Um, it's getting it's getting like eight o'clock in the morning now. Uh, we've identified that she has a personal assistant. Uh, you know, her, obviously her name is uh, Natavia Lari. Uh, I was able to contact her by phone. Uh, see if she can meet me over at the nineteenth uh, the nineteenth uh, squad for a quick interview. It's just you know, first first time anybody's interviewing her. So I, uh, and Tony is going with the 19th squad to the autopsy, uh, which is, which is, we come to find out that uh, at the autopsy, while I'm interviewing Natavia, uh, you know, Tony texts me back and they say, hey, uh, listen, they're calling this a homicide. Uh, you know, first off, shoes were, her, sh her shoes were on the wrong foot. So, like, her right foot was on her left foot. 
So she would never have dressed herself like that. So, so she so was whoever did that was trying to dress her up. Yeah, the scene was the scene was staged. Okay. The scene was staged. Uh, and and also interesting um, when we were up in the apartment. Um, on her bed, there was an American Express bill, uh, like uh, like it came in like four or five different pages. It was all spread out on the bed. Uh, that would. That would uh, turn out to be significant uh, later on. But uh, getting back to Miss Lowry, the first time I met her was uh, later that morning. Uh, she came in voluntarily. Uh, she asked us, "My, uh, you think I uh, I need to be here with my mother, my father?" It's like uh, it's up to you. I don't care, you know. But uh, really, you know, I'm just finding out what happened with you that day. Uh, when was the last time you saw her? And Basically, she traced her steps back the whole day. Every time she left, every time uh, she had a phone contact with uh, Miss Stein during the day, uh, and there was like a number of times that she actually left during the previous day. <laughs> so we, um, it was probably about an hour and a half interview, and we're running on empty, but uh, our, bo our boss, uh, Lieutenant Mahoney, one of probably the greatest bosses I've ever worked for, kind of like hinting to us, like, hey, guys, can we stay with this? Uh, not, let, let's not let this, uh, let's not let this thing uh, sit. Let's just keep going. Let's keep working. And I was like, yeah, sure. I says, uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to I'm gonna have to run home and get a suit. <laughs> I'm going to have to run home and get some uh, clothes because this sounds like we're, we're going to be digging in for a couple of days, which is, and you know that you know that's common for us. Right, but let me ask uh, some was, was at this point was Natavia Lowry a suspect? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We don't know who the suspects uh, would have been because during the interviews of the of the of Natavia, of the workers in the building, we come to find out that uh, uh, Miss Miss Stein was uh, <clears throat> an uppity type girl of uh, arrogant. Uh, Ballsy, you know, said said her mind. Uh, some people may have taken it as she could have been racist uh, because uh, there were a lot of immigrant workers in the building, and probably maybe forty or fifty of them were working on the roof. Now she's on the, I believe, the eighteenth floor, and right above her is the roof. And there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of construction going on on the roof, and I guess the noise was bothering her and the traffic. That through the hallway was bothering her. But 30, 40 people, that's 30, 40 potential subjects, <laughs> so suspects. Nice. Plus anybody in the uh, building that works there. And the building had a number of people working there, uh, security and uh, doormen. So, so, the, so, so the, the first couple, the first 10, eight, 10 hours of the case uh, was just the initial interviews. Uh, we had no real direction yet, uh, other than we know it's, it's a homicide. Uh, she didn't trip and fall. But uh, did, the, did the autopsy indicate how many times uh, she was struck? Yeah, I, I forget, you know, honestly, without looking at the autopsy report, uh, I forget how many times, but it was multiple times she was hit with a, a blunt object. Uh, so but when I did speak to Miss Lowry, 
we spoke about uh, her activities for the day and how she felt about Miss Stein, how she uh, how she come to work for Miss Stein, and she got uh, she got hired through uh, a, this uh, this job placement uh, center, uh, Douglas. Douglas Element, I think. Um, and that the, wasn't that the realtor, Douglas Element? The realtor, yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a, uh, she's a, she was a temp worker. Right. So, supposedly, Miss Stein is a, is a needy, is a needy uh, person <laughs> for an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> and so, she's, she high, said, maintenance. Uh, she's high maintenance. Mean, right? High, exactly, high maintenance. <laughs> but she, uh, but Natavia says that she, uh, she. The first couple of weeks was difficult, very difficult. She she said she went back two or three times to uh, the bosses at uh, the real estate place and says, "Listen, I can't do this. You know, she's this, she's that, she's, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it's she tough. curses it's a lot. Yeah. You know, she curses a lot. You know, uh, it, it's it's crazy. You know, and so they said, please, please, we'll make it work. You know, you get through this." We'll make it worth your while, this and that. So they basically begged her to stay, and and she did. She stayed, and she started. She learned how to work with her. Learned how to uh, work work the system, <laughs> work her. Yeah. But but uh, but going forward, that interview lasted about an hour and a half, and we detailed every place she went. And I was um, and I said, how did you went? Like you went to the store, you went to the bank, you went here, you went there. How many times did you take a cab? Oh no, no, no! I didn't take a cab. Uh, I walked everywhere. So you, you even actually went back to the real estate office to uh, get some belongings for Miss Stein. And she's like, "Yeah, yeah." So, so every so every time you left, you can be seen on the lobby leaving and coming, right? So, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, okay. All right. So everything's documented. Uh, she signs it. Uh, there was uh, no, obviously it's not custody. It was, uh, and we weren't looking at it as a suspect. So there was no Miranda. <clears throat> that becomes a big issue. <laughs> yes, yeah. And so, listen, it's Halloween. I got a, at the time, I got a five-year-old. Uh, so, you know, I tell the LT, listen, I'm going home, get, take a shower, get a suit, taking my kid trick-or-treating for 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be right back. <laughs> so we come back. I come back. And that time that I was gone, I, th I believe Tony had left. So Tony went home to get a uh, freshen up. And Detective somebody Rivera. Other... You talk about Detective Rivera. Yeah, I talk, I'm talking about Antonio Rivera, yes. Uh, another another great detective. Um, he. Uh, so we both go and we both come back. And that time that we go, I come back and uh, DAs, uh, two, two DAs come in, and two very good DAs, uh, uh, Mr. Luzzi, uh, Joan Luzzi, and um, Shonda Strain. I, I knew Joan very well at that point, but I did not know Shonda. This is the first time I'm meeting Shonda. She turned out to be a very, very good DA. Uh, and still is currently. And so is Joan. So, uh, so she's, so they, so they come in and Joan says, well, we're here to uh, run the investigation. And uh, there's another detective there from the homicide squad. His name was uh, Eddie Clifford. You know him well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Big red dog. He says, 
you had to see my face talking about me. He says, I, I went off. I said, you're going to run what? <laughs> you don't walk in here and say you're going to run our case. This and, is in Westchester County. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it turned out, as it turned out, years later, they do run the case. <laughs> they get notified before we get notified. <laughs> but, um, but back then, that wasn't such the case. But this, they were sent up to oversee the, to oversee, uh, the investigation. By the well, Kevin, just uh, let me interrupt you. There's certain things that the DA shouldn't be involved in, and that's the police, the police type of stuff that you're getting involved in. You know, like, yeah, but, they exactly. Can make a witness, some if they do that. That's the problem, and that is the problem, and that this actually happened. Um, and so, when I, I would, you know, and then I said, "So, what the hell are you guys talking about? You're here to run the case, this and that." And uh, she says, well, we just got back from talking to the personal assistant. And I says, well, you did what? Where'd you go and talk to her? He said, well, we spoke to her at our house. Uh, I said, you what? Did you call her first? He said, yeah, we called her. And, you know, I says, listen, you know, I already spoke to her. And there's like a five-page five interview laying in the basket. Well, we didn't know that. That's not, well, that's not our good. And so I... I uh, and uh, it was Sean Strange so it's like, so, so go to somebody's house to interview a witness. And who was there? He says, their parents. And this, I said, really? So why don't you just get him a lawyer right away? Yeah. Uh, and Sean Strange goes, well, here, read this. You may not like it. <laughs> exactly what happened. Uh, the father said, I, you know, the, when they were over there doing an interview uh, with two other detectives, they said, um, the, the, the father said, I hope you don't mind, but we have a, an attorney showing up to assist us in this. So, so from day one, we had an attorney uh, attached to uh, the personal assistant. And uh, just gets crazier from there. <laughs> But, well, legally, if they say they want, they want an attorney, then you can't question the person without their attorney. And almost every attorney is going to say, do not talk to my client. Exactly. But then, you know what? This attorney, let her, let her talk. Because he, he wasn't really, a, he was a, he wasn't really a, a criminal attorney. He was the father's uh, personal attorney for, for whatever business they did or whatever. Um, so... As, as it turns out, nothing changed in that second interview. Absolutely nothing changed in the second interview. Uh, uh, it was exactly the same. So, okay, and that was uh, two other, uh, uh, a detective, um, uh, a detective for the 19th squad, and there was a temporary police officer there actually assisted in the interview. Uh, the police officer was assigned there. Uh, he, he wasn't even in the squad like a, a week. He was assigned there just because, just because of a, uh, there was a police shooting, and he, and his partner got shot from two five anti crime, and he he shot the partner, shot his partner, so they just put him there as a temporary assignment while the investigation was going. So he had, he knew nothing about about what was going on. <laughs> so, and, but the thing is, is that you go to you go to a Brooklyn housing development to speak to a girl in front of her parents yeah that's not the way I, it's not really the way it's done yeah. so i was upset
I was upset. Tony was upset. Eddie, Eddie Clifford thought I was going to, I was going to have a stroke. <laughs> so, but we got past that. We got past that. <clears throat> Things worked out down the line, but the case went on. There's other, there's other people to speak to. There's, there's Rufus. All the Rufus had to be uh, spoken to and starting with who didn't show up to work that very next day, uh, track them down. Uh, the video. Kevin, can I, can I um, just intervene? Something yeah. Something? At this point, too, well, people haven't worked these high-profile cases. People at high levels are making decisions without yeah. being at the case, without knowing what's going on. And when you're told on the NYPD or any other job to do something that a big boss tells you to do, even though it makes no sense, you have to do it. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. can change the direction of the investigation unintentionally, even though you don't want to go that way. Yeah. Sometimes you have to go that way because you're, you're told to go that way. Yeah. And, and this is like, you know, and honestly, the 19 squad sometimes turns into the like the like the Trump administration with the uh, <laughs> with the leaks. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> there was, you know, we, had, we just started the computerized. We just started computerized DD5s back then. And no sooner did I type a five, that it's on a, I just typed it and put enter and it's on a noose like 10 minutes later. Somebody yeah, let me just tell our, our audience a DD5 is a complaint follow up and it goes yeah. into the system. And most anyone who has clearance to read it on the whole NYPD can do so. Yeah. So the yeah. security of that complaint follow up is can be compromised pretty easily. Oh yeah. So, uh, so, so Lieutenant Mahoney just says, "Listen, guys, just don't just don't put it in the computer. Uh, just don't put it in the computer. Uh, type type it the old-fashioned way <laughs> on, a, on a regular don't DD send five. It. Don't send yeah, it. This yeah. Way, this way it doesn't get sent out. Yeah, it doesn't get sent out it's because we know it's not us leaking. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So we've been we've been down that we've been down that leak road before and. Uh, <laughs> and leaks, leaks can really hurt a case. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, this, it, it was to the point from day one, there was a lot of press. It got to the point where you would look for a back door just to get out because they, they've already identified who the main detectives are and who, uh, and they start following you. Uh, and you don't want them going where you're going. So you have to, you know, lose them somehow. <laughs> Yeah. And that's where that's where the lights and sirens come in. <laughs> it's just get just just separate yourself and then just make a U turn and go go where you were going because uh, and, and and this this to play this to play out later on with the press. Um, if you, because uh, we reversed it and we used the press to our advantage in this case later on down down the line. <clears throat> uh, so again, we're we're interviewing, we're interviewing all the workers. We're taking DNA from all the workers, and you you know as well as I do how uh, long DNA could uh, could take a long you know, time. Could take a long, and we it don't comes, know. Did it come back yet? It's twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, we don't know. If, we don't know if, if DNA is uh, if there's anything to be compared to off off of uh, the victim. You know, uh, so. We go on. We start. I we start interviewing. Um, 
her, her uh, prior personal assistants, the, her, her, her driver, she had a driver uh, who happened to be the, uh, the guy that, uh, that was the manager of Studio 54 in the day. Yeah, uh, Mark Menneke. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Uh, we interviewed all these people. Got a, got a lot of information about her. Um, nothing that I could use in it. No, okay, identify just, suspect. Now we're talking. I mean, we're talking about the investigation, but just for our listeners also to have them realize why this was such a, a uh, okay a profile case. Tell them. Okay, who Ms. Stein was uh, Miss Miss Stein. Uh, Miss Stein was quote unquote the realtor to the stars, but prior to that. Okay, her husband is, uh, her husband or ex-husband was uh, Seymour Stein, the owner of Sire Records. Uh, Madonna and all those uh, big names he, he signed. Linda managed the uh, Ramones for, uh, for their existence, their early years, before she went on to real estate. The two children, and I got uh, Samantha, well, one, I forget which one, it was either Samantha or Mandy, Godfather is Elton John. Wow. So, yeah, they, they rub elbows with some uh, famous people. Right. And, and I had also read that certain <coughs> some years she grossed or, or she sold like grossed 25 million. Of, you know, that's what she sold. Yes. And this was in yeah. 2007. And she yeah. did that several years in a row. So she was, uh, she was making some money. She was making some money. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, the money, the money aspect. Well, I, we'll get into that in a little while. <laughs> uh, but she was very successful. But she's also she was also high maintenance, as we uh, as we so put it. Um, and she's a very demanding person uh, on on the staff at the at the building where she lived, because. I'm not saying they didn't have any kind words, but they just said, hey, you know, she's a typical rich girl, you know, and, but, uh, and, and they, you know, and then, and that was the thing. There was just so many possible scenarios. What could have happened or who she could have pissed off because she had hit in the head <laughs> and, and she bled out on the, uh, on the floor in the living room. So, so go, going forward, uh, we did the D, we, we sent it, sent out the DNA. We had probably 20, at one point, 15 to 20 detectives uh, helping with these interviews and, uh, you know, couple, couple bosses coordinating it. And just so people know how it works, we have, our, our immediate bosses, the squad commander uh, or the uh, squad sergeant, which just happened to be Pete Panuccio, uh, Lieutenant Mahoney, uh, great coordinators, great, just great people to direct which way, what needs to be done, what needs to, uh, what needs to be covered. And plus, they take the, they take the heat for the big bosses uh, off of us, <laughs> off of us so we can do our job. And... Why are you laughing? <laughs> I've been there. But <laughs> listen, we, we got to understand. You got to understand how it works. We we got to be allowed to do our job. Right. And answering to a, answering to a DI or or a chief every five minutes. And 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 and, and mind you, we had a great chief. 
we had a great chief of Manhattan then, and um, uh, uh, Matarazzo, Alfred Matarazzo. Right. And he was under, I, I know for a fact, he was under a lot of stress uh, and pressure from well above. The, the, the people that were calling the police commissioner uh, about what's going on with this case. It's two days old. It's three days old. It's right, five right. days old. No one's arrested yet, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's celebrities, uh, politicians. What's going on with this case? Why is it still in the media like this? <laughs> so, so pretty much, this is day like around day two starts uh, of the investigation. You know, the day after Halloween, <laughs> I keep getting calls. <clears throat> I keep getting calls from um, Natalia Lowry wants to know, is there anything going on with the case? Could I go, she's asking me if she can go to uh, North Carolina to see her boyfriend. And I told her, I says, uh, Natalia, we're not, we're not looking at you as a suspect. We're not looking at anybody as a suspect. I can't restrict where you go. You want to go to North Carolina, go to North Carolina, see your boyfriend. Okay, but, uh, uh, and by the way, I can't keep talking to you. <laughs> You know, you have a lawyer. Ah, it's my dad's. It's my dad's lawyer. I says, yeah, but guess what? I was. We were already told by the DA's office until, until, brother notice, she's off limits to speak to. So I, I told her straight out. Listen, we really can't talk. Every, every couple of days she would, or every like once a day she would call and see is there anything else that uh, that's going on? Is there you got any leads? You got just basically checking up and seeing how the case is going. Um, Didn't Shakespeare say something like you doth protesteth too much? Isn't that sort of fit the same thing? You uh, doth ask yeah. too many questions, so it's yeah. making you a suspect? <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times I told her. I said, listen, you can't, uh, you can't keep calling. I can't keep talking to you. You know, it's uh, about the case. Uh, you, have a, you have an attorney. Uh, regardless if you, you call them or not, right now, in the eyes of the in the eyes of the district attorney's office, you have an attorney. So, so we're going on, going forward. We, uh, we interview also a lot, many more people, background checks and everything else, past flames uh, after, after, I guess, the breakup from um, uh, Mr. Seymour Stein. Uh, Stein. Uh, we, we get into every aspect of, of Linda Stein's life. Uh, and behind the scenes, and you know this because I think you were there, there was, I can't tell you how many hours of video footage there was. I can't explain it. Um, and everything had to be watched in real time. Uh, so if we're looking for an eight hour work day or 10 hour work day, that's one angle that one person's looking for, making, making notes, what the timestamp said, and yeah, it was at least eight to ten different angles. So it's 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 voluminous and it's tedious, and it's yeah. really it yes. a lot of manpower is necessary to do that. Not one person can do it all. Not one person can do it all. Right. Not two people. It took a lot of detectives from the 19th and the Homicide Squad to uh, work through this work through this video and right. determine. Who, uh, what, what is important to the case? What, what do we need? Uh, and one thing we established right away: no strangers. 
delivery men, we're not going up to the apartment, but no strangers. Um, then as we're interviewing, as we're, we're coming, as we're coming to uh, interviewing all the, um, all the employees, the doorman, the, um, the elevator operator, uh, there's, a, there's a gentleman that worked down in the mailroom. He had told, he had told uh, not me, but another detective that interviewed him that not, not long ago, she, uh, the uh, personal assistant was adamant that she is the only one to come and pick up her mail. If, if I'm not there that day, the mail stays, the mail stays down here until I come in the next day. But she says, I am the one, uh, she was the only one to pick up Linda Stein's mail. And this went on for uh, like a number of weeks uh, that uh, Lowry would go downstairs, pick up the mail, bring it up. That was odd. That was, uh, 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 that didn't sound like it was Miss, uh, Miss Stein's, uh, at Miss Stein's request that that happened. So, so she was trying, you think she was trying to hide something from Mrs. Stein? That's what it's, that's what it sounds like. Now, listen, in the very beginning, uh, everybody had their doubts about everybody in this case, <laughs> because everybody, everybody had a potential motive. Uh, she cursed out, she cursed out and said probably derogatory things to the immigrant workers that were working on a, okay. Um, the workers in a building, some of them are, um, are Hispanic, uh, and she probably said things uh, that pissed them off. Um, I happen to know one, uh, one gentleman that worked there. We had his, um, he purposely, he told me this later on, he purposely didn't tell me the truth about what, had, what he saw and what he knew, because we were the same. We were the same detectives, or the, part of the same group of detectives that were working his son's homicide from two years earlier, yeah. uh, and it got killed in a double homicide. And the two three precinct, um, it's the one with the midget. I forget. I, yeah, I, I remember that one. Yeah, but his son was not the midget. The East River Houses. That's right. Yes. Yeah, his son was not the midget. That and was we, the one that there was a one of the deceased was a midget. They said, "Is that two murders or one and a half?" Remember? Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, but the but his son, his son, we we know who did the murders. Charlie Charlie Freitag, uh, who's in the homicide squad now. Uh, it was in a two-three. Had everybody identified, wanted to pull the trigger on it, but the DA's office uh, uh, wanted more evidence or more corroborating evidence. But, but uh, you know what happened years later? Yeah, the shooter in that case was shot and killed by the police. I that was my case from the homicide squad. Yeah, I yeah. called Char I called Charlie up. Yeah. I called Charlie up and took a picture of him. I said, "Charlie, you're on vacation. You might like this." Actually, <laughs> actually, a retired lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, Rudolph. Uh, the, the first name was Rudolph on that. Yeah, it was uh, something Rudolph. But he had just he had just stuck up a uh, drugstore pharmacy. Yeah, pharmacy. Yeah. Yes, he, he was sticking them up left and right. This guy. Yeah. And the, the retired lieutenant caught shit from his job for getting involved. Yeah. His, yeah. Uh, his private job. Yeah. Uh, it was a good. It was a great shooting, and it was all caught on. Uh, it was all caught on uh, camera. Yeah. It was all caught on camera. By uh, the Viper camera. <laughs> but that's another story for another case another time <laughs> but this this worker said he apologized to me later on saying 
I know I was wrong for not telling you the truth, but you guys were giving so much attention to this woman's murder that I felt like, you know, you didn't do anything from, for us. And we openly explained to him, that, listen, this different set of circumstances. Um, the witness in your son's case was proven to be a line on a, a, line on a search warrant application or something. It was proven, proven perjury at one point in time. So that's the reason why they couldn't pull the trigger on, uh, on the, uh, on the, on to arrest them because we couldn't go forward with the witness. Right. So, and they says, now they say, you're doing the same thing. You're lying to me. <laughs> so, but, so we, there, there, were, there were no, there were no less than 40 potential suspects. And we all know there were no strangers there. Uh, by all the video that was uh, was was watched, uh, and it was watched over and over and over again. Uh, and as well, this one uh, this one detective from the nineteenth. Now, mind you, both myself and and the DAs and the, actually, I think it's the detective that was came up with this very good very good uh, observation she made off the video. She was with the DAs uh, at that second interview of Natavia Lowry. We both documented that she never took a cab, that she walked, walked, walked every place. So the detective, uh, her name is uh, Angelique Lafredo. Uh, she saw a ref the front door of the lobby open. And as the front door of the lobby is opening, because she noticed that the doorman saw something and was going to open up the door like the train to do. And in the sunlight, you could see a reflection of a yellow cab and Natavia Larry getting out of the yellow cab with money in her hand. Uh, he says, wow. She said she didn't take a cab. She just said she, she walked everywhere. Well, Why would she need to take a cab? <laughs> so now she's on it. Now she's, she was on some people's radar. She wasn't on my radar right away, but this now she's like completely on my radar. And that was a great find by Angelique. That was uh, yeah, that's a great thing to see. That was a great find, uh, and that was that 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 made us that made ultimately down the line when we got uh, that when we got when we got her statement later on uh, that helped tremendously in, in the interview room uh, with uh, Rivera and myself, but. Um, so now we have something that we didn't have before. Uh, she lied to us. Why would she have lied to us? It's, it's not like she was interviewed once. She said the same thing twice. All right, but we still can't talk to her. <laughs> yeah, still can't talk to her. <clears throat> so we, 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 we drudge on. We continue. We, we keep, keep following up on other interviews. Um, keep looking through... Uh, Keep looking through surveillance, and she calls me one more time. Well, actually, she called me a couple more times, uh, and then finally, I, I was in, I was in, were in contact with the district attorney's office, and they had a they had a roundtable meeting, which the, all these cases, all these big high-profile cases, they have roundtable meetings with them, and they take all the all the DAs with. Uh, with homicide experience and they bounce ideas off of them, scenarios, situations. And it, 
and we're bouncing this thing about, does she have a lawyer, does she not? And the only way around that was we have to, um, she has to tell us, I did not hire that lawyer. I do not want a lawyer. I do not need a lawyer. So basically, we just had to like stress that if we were going to go forward with that. And I had, I had that in the, uh, in the back of my mind now because, you know, the, the DA says, yes, if she does all this, we can talk to her again. But there is, there is case law on that, right? There is, absolutely, absolutely. If, uh, if, if a defendant doesn't specifically and say, no, I hired that lawyer, I want that. Because yeah. someone will sometimes send the lawyer and say, oh, this is the lawyer. Yeah, and if absolutely. the defendant doesn't know the lawyer, that doesn't mean that they but, requested that lawyer. Right? But, we, we, but we, I've used it before. Uh, I've been with uh, a bunch of uh, co-workers that, that's... Uh, that's uh, used it before. Uh, this just wasn't. This just wasn't the case to take it on your own. You, 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 we needed the DA's office because the DA's office pretty much injected themselves right away into the case, which saying they, they want to run this case. Which probably is a mistake to do that, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, I learned a lesson. I believe they were learned a lesson, but <laughs> yeah. And and listen, we're we're still very friendly. Uh, 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 over. Well, Kevin, let's but, let's get to uh, let's get to the point where Natavia Lowry calls you up, and yeah. I believe you go down to the seventh precinct. It was. Yeah. Okay. Um, and obviously, you chose the seventh precinct because you yeah, wanted it to be away from all the yeah. madness, right? Well, so it's uh, I'm with uh, I'm with Jerry Demuro and Tony Rivera. Uh, I get a call from Natavia. I tell Jerry, uh, Jerry, please, because Jerry's driving. I said, can you pull, can you pull over? He goes, yeah, sure. What's... I says, Natavia, I keep, keep telling you, you can't keep calling me. And she says, but, 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 there's news, there's a news van on my block and they're knocking on my apartment door. And he says, really? A news van? Said, so they found out where you live. I'm saying, you know, they, they, we didn't give it, we didn't give that to him. He says, but there's anything you can do and I was like, hmm, let me see. Now we already know we can talk to her if she signs all this stuff up. Right. So I said, let me let me see what we can do. I'm gonna um, uh, give me a call back. Uh, I'm gonna call you back when I find out what I can do. So she tells me it's a Fox Five newsman, and the reporters are the, the reporters are a white guy. I was like, no, it can't be. <laughs> and as it turns out, I call up. Uh, a colleague, I said, you have uh, Mike Sheehan's number? And Mike Sheehan is a retired homicide detective and a retired uh, uh, and a detective from the 2-6 squad. And he did the, uh, the Robert Chambers case. He was the main detective in the Robert Chambers case. Right. God rest his soul. He just passed away about a little over a year ago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it turns out it was, uh, it was uh, Sheehan. So we get Sheen to back off and just like, this is, just give us, just give us an hour or two at the location, please. Right. Uh, so, and he did that. Okay. So I told Natavia, I says, okay, listen, if you tell us that you don't have a lawyer, we're going to have to put that on paper. But because there's a number of things I got to show you, I got to show you a couple of photos we found and a couple of the documents that are important, possibly important to the case. Is there any place we can meet? Well, first of all, she verified that the van left. 
And she says, yeah, let's meet at the Kellogg Diner, which is down the block from where she lived in the 9 <clears throat> So we meet at the Kellogg Diner, buy her a coffee, and said, listen, this will be better off in a precinct. Uh, but I, she says, no, wait, I can't go back to that place. That place is crazy with the press. And she says, don't worry about it. We'll go somewhere else. We'll go to this place where the press isn't. So I call up the seventh squad. I, I, I asked the squad commander, is there potential, uh, is there a room that we could use the, for a couple hours? Uh, not telling him everything. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, sure. Come on, come on up. And uh, yeah, so we go to the seventh squad. Uh, and that's when we uh, we start laying out our we start laying out our case. Uh, wait, we get her to sign first. I'm I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. We get her to sign that she did not want that lawyer. It was her dad's lawyer. She never asked for a lawyer. She has no reason she needs a lawyer. And uh, once she signs that, and we're pretty much golden there. Now, mind you. We know this, we know this uh, American Express, uh, American Express bill uh, that seems to be at the, uh, you know, at the crux of possible dispute, but we don't know, you know, we don't know what happened. We, we were waiting for Ms. Stein's financials. We did not have her financials back yet. So it was tough to get into anything monetary, like were you stealing, were you, you know, yeah, it's tough to put anything like, why, why did this happen? Is it because you got caught stealing? We didn't hand any of that back yet. Why was she stealing? <laughs> yeah. So that, that turned out to be uh, possibly even a motive for why she... Absolutely. Was, uh, yeah. Money. Fast forward. American Express was the motive. <laughs> yeah. was, the, was, the, was the motive for the district that day. But... We couldn't use it because we knew nothing about it. Nothing got back to us. Uh, at this at this juncture, you didn't know about at, it. Yet. Yeah, we didn't know about it. A week later, we had everything. Right, right. <laughs> but um, so at this point, uh, we're, we're we're going we're, go, we're just going off of that she lied to us in the uh, in the uh, in the first interview and the second interview that uh, she was actually why would you need to take a cab? You know, we we go over everything. Um, and we let her keep, it was just, this is huge at the trial too. We let her keep a pocketbook for the first few hours. Uh, we let her keep a pocketbook, her phone, a Blackberry, a nail file. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Um, so we, we're talking and she keeps repeating her story and we said, but Nakami, what about this? We show her the images of her in, a, in the reflection of the glass. And she's like, whoa. <laughs> she's like, what, what happened? What, where'd you get that? You know, I was like, holy crap. It's like, yeah, so you're lying up to us about something. Why did you feel a need to take a cab somewhere? And X amount of time from the, from the time you previously left, come back in a cab. So what were you doing that you need to take a cab? Why would you not tell us that in the beginning? Was your boss still alive at that time? <clears throat> well, she starts hedging, starts thinking, says, you know, so, you know I, I forget which scenario was first. Tony's very good taking, the, you know, uh, he's, he, he's very, uh, 
he's got a calming effect, uh, Tony Rivera, when he yeah. talks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's very good. She's like, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I sometimes black out. Uh, you know, she blows, she blows marijuana smoke in my face all the time. And, you know, I just couldn't, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, she's going uh, to build the reason yes. why she did what she did, yes. but she didn't tell you yet. So she didn't, but that, that she you're, didn't. you're getting toward that. And again, of course, yep. we know it takes a lot of time to get there. But yeah. you're getting there. You're getting there. So, so uh, you know, she would request a glass of water or something. So we both leave the room. You know, in, in the middle of this, like she's going, but she didn't get some water. So Tony and I both leave the room, get water ourselves, get her whatever she needed. Unbeknownst to us, which I'm, I'm very happy this happened. She's texting. She's texting her boyfriend in North Carolina. <clears throat> um. I love you, baby. I miss you. He said that. See you soon. Nothing about I'm in the police station and <laughs> I'm getting grilled. <laughs> I'm getting grilled about my boss's murder. <laughs> Nothing about that. Nothing about that. Uh, and um, that turned out to be a, a key because, like, like you know, and most detectives know, the, the first line of defense in any failed defense is go after the police work. Right. Go after the police work. Uh, my client asked for a lawyer right away. My client asked six times in the, in the room for a lawyer. Yeah. Well, she did? Well, why the hell is she touched her boyfriend when she had a phone? <laughs> well, Kevin, when, now you're at, you're at the point uh, she's ready to give it up. When then, uh, one of the dents in her armor was that she sp uh, spoke about Miss Stein blowing marijuana smoke in her yeah. that, now, when, that was When did she first get to, you know, she... She hit her. When did when? Oh wait, okay. That was uh, there was one more scenario she threw up. This is why. This is how we knew we were getting close. There was, you know, uh, I black out. She blows uh, pot smoke, and she actually gave us a scenario where she allegedly assaulted a roommate in, in North Carolina University, uh, and the campus police had to come. And it's, of course, she blacked out. I said, really. Okay, we checked that out, by the way. And, uh, we went down to North Carolina University uh, sometime later on, and it was not true. There's right. no record of it. Yeah, so, <clears throat> um, so, and the next scenario was the ninjas. Ninjas snuck up. People dressed like ninjas snuck up the back. And they told me they know who, they know where I live. And if you and, and if you say anything to the police, we're gonna come after you and your family. And they and they uh, they beat Miss Stein to death. That's that was the last verse. This is one. This is where we know we got. We, we're getting close. We're getting close. All right, okay? we, let's let's. We got to speed this up a little. We're, at, we're almost at an hour, believe it or not. Oh, let's cool. get to the point where she actually gives up. Uh, what yeah. happened? Okay, so finally, we get to the we get to the point where she gives us her best version of how Miss Stein died. Um, and it, it, the pot smoke, blowing smoke in my face is still there. I lost it. She was calling me, uh, she was calling me, uh, basically referring to me, uh, 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 with racist, uh, racist remarks. Um, she's in my face, kept blowing the smoke. I couldn't take it anymore. I got up, uh, and it was a yoga stick. I think it was some kind of Pilates stick, uh, which we never found, by the way. And 
<clears throat> I hit I hit her. How many times you hit her? A few times. She went down. And I think she hit her a number of times on the floor. Right. While she was on the floor. And so uh, now that was that was basically a murder confession. Okay. Is it a hundred percent the truth? Probably seventy-five percent the truth. Uh because we couldn't get it to finances. They would have known, she would have known we were bullshitting because we had no idea how deep the fight, the financial theft was. Right. And, um, but that's, in the interview room, it, that was a wear down of about maybe six, seven hours. And then it was all, basically it was all repeated with uh, ADA Lucy. Uh, when she came up and put it on video. And, you know, the video's out there. The video's out there, uh, part of it anyway, online. It's actually, it's uh, actually on YouTube. You can watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually on YouTube. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I glanced over a few parts of it. Uh, but um, it's a really, stra really strange girl. Um, really straight, bizarre, bizarre. Uh, and then, you know, it's all said and done. She must have some kind of arrangement with her parents because when we're actually walking her out of the seventh precinct and all the cameras and everything, and she's uh, the father comes up to me and, and like breaks the police line and says, She trusted you, talking to me. She yeah. trusted you. You had her best interest at heart. Like, I never said that. <laughs> and then I we work, became, I work for the, uh, the, the deceased. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. And I never met the father before. I never met the mother. Yeah. Um, now, fast forward, we, the mother was uh, $10,000, uh, $10, I believe. Uh, well, right. she, she put a bunch of money. I think it might have been close to $30,000 from an IRA account into her mother's account. Um, $10,000 was used to pay Ron Kuby, the first defense lawyer. Uh, Ron Kobe hired uh, a <laughs> retired, retired chief who put me and Tony Rivera in a homicide squad to investigate us. <laughs> uh, you know, as far as like our character and stuff like that, it, it basically even thought, uh, yeah, <laughs> I put him there. So don't even go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once, once it was learned that uh, you got paid him blood money, to, uh, I think he... He separated himself from the case. He knew where it was going. Right. The American Express bill. She had took it. I, American Express, don't ever screw around with American Express. I'm going to tell you, they have a phenomenal, back then in 2007, phenomenal security system. Every single phone conversation, she pretended to be Miss Stein, getting, uh, getting uh, a new credit card out under, I, I think it was under her name, uh, under, under Miss... Uh, Miss Lowry's name under her account. Well, let, me, let me ask you something. How much did she total amount did she steal from Miss Stein? She attempted to steal over three hundred thousand out of an IRA. That never. That the transfer was was set up. I don't think it. They they found that on computer crimes. She actually physically stole. I think over close to forty thousand. And I may be a little bit off with that number, but uh, and I'm not even counting what was. What was uh, tallied up on um, her uh, on her American Express card, which was Miss Stein, for some reason that day went downstairs and got the mail. 
And they gave her the mail and she opened up the American Express book and saw what, uh, that she has a card out under her name, to her address, by the way, right. on Fifth Avenue. And that's what started the confrontation. So then you that's had all of this, this motive. The, the motive was really the <laughs> yeah. theft that had nothing to do with yeah. how she was well, treated. The, that the, the motive was the American Express card. He's right. stealing off the American Express card. Now, to make things really interesting, she's laying dead in there. He just, she just, she just uh, beat her down with a pogo stick, and now is in, is now is in her, on her computer, transferring money. Right. She's dead, laying there. All right. the money was right. stolen. Right. The money was right. stolen right. after. Was, was stolen after. Yeah. And. Maybe, maybe today we can get that information back a little faster than we did back then. Would have been quite helpful. But uh, yeah, it's and it, it was a strange case. A lot of twists and turns. But, you know, it's always um, so interesting to hear the investigation and people, the public wants almost immediate gratification. They want things to be solved immediately and they no. take time. Forensic evidence takes time. DNA takes time. Bank records, as you showed, take time to come back. They don't come back yes. immediately. Yes. And to and get bank records, you need something called the subpoena. So it has to yeah. go through the DA's office, and all of that takes time, you know? And but so if you had all of this information while you were in the interrogation room, you know, it's like having all kinds of armament with you. You got more things yes. in your arsenal. But you don't and, have it at that point. And you know how we you know how we work. We like to be armed with all information while we're talking to somebody. It, it's uh, and piecemealing it piecemealing it together in the interview room, uh, it doesn't always work. It kind of work here. Oh, oh yeah, and by the way, yeah, the uh, it was brought up in court. it was brought up in court that uh, how we violated her rights. And we only picked on her because she was uh, the poor black girl working for the uh, the rich family. Uh, we they, they they said that we violated her rights by not letting by not honoring her request for lawyers during this, the the confession interview. Really? <laughs> well, how come she had like six texts to her boyfriend in that whole period? Okay, not one to her mother, not one to her father, not one to an attorney. Right. Can you explain that? And at some point, we took the phone away. Once we knew was, custody was established, that we, she wasn't going home. Right, we, right. Took our, we took everything away because uh, we went out for a break. She's there with a nail file like this. After, she already, <laughs> after we already knew, she, you know, she was uh, a culpability. Why don't you just give her a hacksaw, too? <laughs> so she could, she could cut the ball and get out of there. It was st she stole it from Miss Stein's apartment. The uh, the nail at the bed, the letter opener. It was a letter opener, not a nail file. Letter opener. You know, Kevin. I'm sure. I'm sure that this case uh, is is really even super interesting from the court end of it. But unfortunately, we're at an hour right now, and we don't have time yeah. to. We could we could go into a summation right now, and we know that at, you all. You could say after trial. She was found. Uh, she was found guilty, and I think years. she was sentenced to uh, twenty-seven years to life. I think it's. I think it's thirty. But 30 um, to life. yeah, I think it's thirty. But you know what? I don't know. 
<laughs> you lose track of this stuff. Now, interesting enough, I don't know why, but I'm going to give her uh, a shout. Uh, her daughter, Mandy, reached out to me uh, via uh, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, I'm going to give her. Uh, I'm going to give her a shout. I know what she wants. But, Mandy Stein, you're talking about? Yeah, Mandy. Yeah. Uh, the other one, Samantha, uh, uh, passed away shortly after uh, the trial. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't. I don't really know what happened there, but but it was tragedy. Yeah, no, it's, uh, but you know, something, you guys did a great job and, you know, you followed the evidence, even though I know the hurdles that are thrown in front of you, especially working high profile cases in the 19th precinct. Oh my God. And, this uh, is just another world. I, <laughs> I, I, I just wish somebody, I just wish every detective could have the opportunity to try to do that Yeah. in the 19th precinct once that we had to do it on a, a daily basis because they, oh, They've had many high-profile murders. Yes, in yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, well, Kevin, do you? Is there anything, any summation, anything you want to plug? No, you got a book uh, coming out. You got. Uh, I got no books. I got no books. Uh, I got no books. I write no books. My name's not Michael Keith. <laughs> but, so no but books, get... no movies. No, I'm trying to get called every once in a while to go on TV. Yeah, yeah, we. I, yeah, actually. Uh, a ton of times. I did one. You saw it. I yeah. sent you the link. Um, it's all. It's it's just all about her stardom. Um, not really, like you said. It's not really about uh, the nooks and crannies of the case. Right. It's more about the sensation. But listen, I all I gotta say is with this case alone, every everybody that touched the case did a great job. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, that one person, not two people, could have done a case like this by themselves. No, Everybody you know, did a great part. It, it was solved. You guys did a great job. And, you know, you, you can't pay attention to the pressure exerted by the outside forces to try to get it solved faster because you got to take yeah, the it's, uh, and, and the outside forces, job. the outside forces are sometimes, they're, they're politicians in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, so, was, as you say, it is, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Is You're looking is. good. Well, Kevin, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a fascinating case. And uh, I'm sure I'll have you back one of these days. I know you have more cases than this. Oh, yeah. We got tons of cases. You know, we got tons of cases. Uh, tons of cases. So, anyway, for all you people out there, this is Police Off the Cuff, real crime stories. And that was a reenactment or uh, the inside story of the investigation of the Linda Stein case. Thanks again, Kev. All right, Billy. Be good, bro.